Hello, my friends. This is April 8, and I welcome you to my Songs and Stories podcast. Take a second today to subscribe, and you'll never miss another story. Today's episode is called The Fairy Queen and the Three Brothers, Part 5. Can you believe it? And it is episode 16. Now, I like to start out all of my stories with a special little song that goes like this. Oh, ye time-bound travelers, lay down your cares and rest your bones, and I'll tell you a fairy tale that I have come to know. And now it's time for our story. Episode 16, The Fairy Queen and the Three Brothers, Part 5. Now, this is a continuation of a story that started all the way back at Episode 11, Under the Great Willow Tree. You could go back and listen to that story first, or you could just go ahead and listen to this one and then go back and see what you missed. But either way, the question is... Where did we leave off? Well, it seems like ages ago that our friends Liliana and Josh were playing in Wildcat Creek with their dad when Josh decided to chase a frog under a great willow tree and Liliana followed him. And to their surprise, they found an enchanted circle of fairies and friends sitting underneath that great willow tree. Why, even the fairy prince was there. And the bard of Fairyland in his large yellow feathered hat was telling a tale. And what a tale. (sighs) All about three brothers who had a bet to see which one of them could bring down the fairy queen. And the last thing that had happened was that the oldest brother, Pell, used a magic potion to make the whole kingdom forget the fairy queen. And as the last story ended, the wandering lost fairy, who didn't know she was a queen, had just met a woodsman who had requested her hand in marriage. Well, the lost fairy queen wasn't quite ready to get married, but she and the woodsman did agree to get to know each other just a little bit better. And so here is the end of the tale of the fairy queen and the three brothers. And so the lost fairy queen, who couldn't remember that she was a queen, and the woodsmen lived side by side in the sunlit clearing in the woods. Oh, and I'm happy to tell you that they did indeed grow to love each other very much. For the woodsman pointed out the birds who sang the lost fairy's favorite songs, and he taught her how to find and name the constellations of the stars in the night sky. He delighted in making her fine feasts from the bountiful forest that stood in majesty all around them. The woodsman was a good man, and he often played a little song on his wooden flute as he went about his work. And best of all, he could always make the fairy laugh. 
and for her part, the lost fairy queen was a thoughtful friend and a confidant to the woodsman. She put her heart into everything that she did, be it cooking or sewing or tending to their garden. And all who came to know her in her little house in the sunlit clearing in the woods found her to be most wise and good, kind and intelligent. Why, soon enough, whenever there was a problem, all the locals came straight to our lost fairy queen for advice. She created joy and peace wherever she went, and everyone called her a delightful delight. Quickly, word spread through the entire kingdom about this mysterious wise woman, and people began to flock to her for her good counsel and her kind-hearted wisdom when they needed help. Each night, the woodsman blessed the fates that brought this sweet lost fairy into his life, and each day the fairy queen was filled with gratitude to have found such a dear companion as her fine woodsman. But beyond the sunlit clearing, out in the rest of the kingdom, things were not so rosy. For without the fair and intelligent nurturing of the fairy queen, the age-old arguments between the gnomes of the villages and the pixies of the woods, the fairies of the air, and the elves of the trees reared their ugly heads. Worst of all, the dwarves under Hawthorne Grove and the trolls of the rivers began to war against each other over the bounty of precious metals buried deep within the hinterlands of far away, for there was no one to bring them together and help them find agreement. Although no one could remember who the old leader was thanks to the witch witch's magical potion that made the whole kingdom forget the fairy queen, everyone knew that a new leader was so needed. But who? Those who tried to step up did not have the heart or the strength, the vision or the wisdom, the honesty or the fairness. You name it, there was no one. Without the fairy queen's governess, the happy, peaceful kingdom began to fall apart and all who dwelled within it began to grieve. And then, one bitter stormy night, in the great hall of halls, in the now leaderless palace, a horrible argument was raging between the cantankerous chief of the dwarves and the terrible troll prince. Oh, how angry they were at each other. How vexed and how divided. And as they roared and ranted at each other, all who were present stepped away from the table in hopelessness and fear. All, my dear friends... All but for one, one drew nearer. Why, a small voice rose up from between the two ferocious leaders and made a simple suggestion. Dear sirs, I've heard tell of a mysterious wise woman in the woods. 
she is said to bring peace to all who encounter her. May I suggest that we take this issue of yours to her and see if perhaps she can find a solution that could bring an end to your war and save our whole kingdom. That small voice belonged to a young man named Pell, for he was the only one in the whole kingdom who had not had one sip of punch at the Equinox Festival Ball. Pell knew just what had happened, and Pell knew just what he had done. And he hoped against hope that this wise woman that folks had been talking about was indeed their fairy queen. For he knew now that they needed her back. He had won his bet, oh, but he had lost so much. He was lonely in the family house all alone while his brothers giggled and played and laughed together in the barn with the pigs and the goats and the sheep and the chickens. It was almost as bad as when he lost his mother and his father those years ago. And now the whole kingdom was falling apart. And it was all his fault. How could he have been so selfish? Well, as the fates would have it, the cantankerous chief of the dwarves and the terrible troll prince agreed to take their argument to this mysterious wise woman in the woods. And so they followed Pell out into the bitter, stormy night. What a tempest! They could barely make their way through the stinging rain, the startling flashes of lightning, and the withering winds. But Pell bravely led the cantankerous chief of the dwarves and the terrible troll prince out into the rainy darkness, through the jet-black forest, out along the muddy path that led to the clearing where this mysterious wise woman was said to live. And by the time they had arrived, the storm had broken, the sun had risen, and the clearing they walked into was sunlit in the late autumn morning. Wapel saw two tidy houses standing side by side, but he knew not which door he should knock upon. The terrible troll prince was grouchy about his tired troll feet, and the cantankerous chief of the dwarves was complaining of hunger. Pell knew he didn't have much time. Pell decided to knock at the cottage that had a wreath of cranberry blossoms hung upon the door. Pell crossed his fingers, and when the door opened, (gasps) there she was. The fairy queen's beauty was still just as breathtaking, her sweet smile just as warm and her voice a lovely tinkle of bells. Even in her humble gown and apron, she held herself like the queen she was. Pell was so happy to see her, he almost hugged her. (laughs) Hello, young man. How may I help you? 
Pell introduced himself, and then the cantankerous chief of the dwarves and the terrible troll prince to the fairy. She looked at them with interest and concern, but no fear. She wanted to hear what they had to say. She invited the dwarf chief and the troll prince into sit at her wooden table and, giving them each a cup of tea and a pumpkin scone, she began asking them questions. Pell stepped out to leave the fairy to her work. He just knew she would be able to help them all. He breathed out a big sigh of relief. <sighs> out of the tidy little house next door came the woodsman. There was something about this stranger that seemed familiar to Pell. How odd. Was it his grace as he walked, his strength as he split the wood for his winter fires, or... The woodsman pulled out his little wooden flute and began to play a little tune that he always liked to play when he went about his work. And at that, Pell almost started to cry. Father? Pell asked. The woodsman turned and he looked at Pell with sparkling eyes. Is that you? Could that? Are you my little Pell? He asked. And they embraced each other with joy. Not so little anymore, said the woodsman, smiling at his son, tears upon his cheeks. Father, why did you not come home? And where is mother? asked Pell. Your mother is no longer of this earth, son. After losing her, I, I was lost, said the woodsman. I could not find my way home without her. But I have found a wondrous new companion who has fortified me, and now I long to return to my sons and do right by you. Please forgive me. It is my hope that together we will come back to live with you and your brothers and be a family again. Well, Pell's eyes filled with joyful tears. He could not think of anything that he would like more than this. And the woodsman asked, May I introduce you to this fine lady, Pell? I have already met her father, said Pell. And he told his father of why he had come and who he had brought with him. Oh, my goodness, cried the woodsman as he started toward the little house he had built for the woman that he loved, who was now inside of it speaking with two of the most terrifying and fearsome leaders in the whole kingdom. But from the house came ringing laughter as the front door opened. <laughs> now shake on it, gentlemen. And we shall have peace in this kingdom, said the fairy queen. And the cantankerous chief of the dwarves and the terrible troll prince shook hands on their new agreement with a smile. And together they said, You, fine lady, shall be our queen, our fairy queen, for we are in need of a true ruler and you are the only one in all. All the world 
whom we will follow. And Pell said, that's the best idea I ever heard. Well, news travels fast. The war was over between the trolls and the dwarves, and a true leader had been found for the kingdom. (sighs) All along the road, the fairies and the elves, the pixies and the gnomes, the dwarves and the trolls stopped what they were doing to come and see and bow before this fairy, who was now their new queen. Someone had even brought Mabel, a beautiful unicorn, to carry her to the palace. Now, Mabel knew just who the fairy queen was, for Mabel didn't drink punch at the equinox ball, and she was so happy to see her queen again that she nuzzled her with joy. The woodsman rode next to the fairy queen on one side, and Pell rode alongside her on the other, his own heart filled with joy. Pell was thinking of the witch witch. She really had seen into his heart, hadn't she? For he now had all that he ever could wish for. Who'd have thought? And so, the fairy queen married her beloved woodsman, and together with him and his three loyal and loving sons, Pell, Mel, and Quell, they moved into the gleaming palace made of crystal and light, sapphire and emeralds, and the dreams of the citizens of the kingdom. And they filled its great hall of halls with merrymaking and song. An hour-wise fairy queen ruled over her peaceful kingdom for many, many happy years. Why, maybe she's still ruling there now. And together the fairy queen, the three brothers, and the woodsman all lived happily ever after. And with that, the bard of fairyland took off his large yellow feathered hat and bowed to his audience. The circle of fairies and friends, the two children, and even the frog clapped and cheered for what a tale he had told them that day. (gasps) Liliana squeezed Josh's hand. (gasps) What a wonderful story, she said. And just then, they heard, Liliana, Josh, come back here, kids. What are you two up to over there? I can't even see you. Well, Liliana couldn't believe her dad was calling them back so soon. She had forgotten entirely about him. And with the sound of Liliana and Josh's dad's voice, all of the fairies in the enchanted circle shimmered and in a glimmer, they vanished. Not even the bard's large yellow feathered hat or the fairy prince's crown were still visible. Josh and Liliana's dad pulled aside the leaves of the great willow tree that Liliana and Josh were standing under. Uh, are you two chasing a frog? Their dad asked. Uh, 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 Liliana and Josh couldn't find any words. Their thoughts were a million miles away with the fairy queen and her kingdom and the woodsman and the three brothers. I couldn't find you two. I got worried that you were lost. Hey, come on, let's go home and see what mom's got cooking for dinner. 
Liliana and Josh followed their dad along a soft path that led up past the banks of the Wildcat Creek and into the car. They both looked back at the great willow tree one last time before they put on their seatbelts. Just a few weeks later, the cold winds of autumn blew in, sweeping along the creek bed and tugging the feathery leaves from the great willow tree. A chipmunk with his cold weather coat of fur coming in, stopped to get a drink from the chilly creek waters as he watched the leaves fall. The world was turning toward winter time. Perhaps in a castle hall somewhere not too far away, the bard of fairyland is telling another tale before a wonderfully warm, crackling fire. Snip, snap, snout. My tale is all told out. Thank you for listening to the April 8th Songs and Stories podcast. For more April 8th songs and stories, illustrations, crafts, recipes, and ideas for cultivating joyful, thoughtful children, come on over to April8.com. Subscribe today and you'll never miss a story. And you can also follow me and my dog, Roxy, on Instagram and Twitter at April8Music. And of course, there's always Facebook, facebook.com slash April 8. And that 8 is always spelled out, E-I-G-H-T. And if you and your children are enjoying these tales, please share the April 8 Songs and Stories podcast with your friends and family. And what would really be great is if you would take a minute to write a review to help other parents find these stories for their children. April 8th Songs and Stories winter season will begin on Tuesday, January 10th with another round of podcast stories for your family. My friends, the snowflake fairies, have all sorts of tales they can't wait to tell you. Until we meet again, remember, I love you and you are wonderful just as you are right now. La, la, la. <laughs>